ערב דף נ"א 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 service with a smile, if do it Hashem b'simcha. The whole issue about the degree to which Avodas Hashem, the service of God, has to be a matter of seriousness and awe, and to, to what degree is it a matter of lightness and joy, is something that goes back a very long time. It's not a new difference, as some would say, between the Hasidim and the Misnagdim, but even that's not really, uh, really valid. I uh, met several times with Uh, the Beis Yisrael, the, the Geir Rebbe at the time, and, and with the Lubavitcher Rebbe, uh, they weren't light and jocular. They, they were very serious. You felt with them, as, as I felt certainly with other G'dayli Yisrael, with my great-uncle Rebbe Yelopian, with Rebbe Yisraelovechik, with the, the Rosh Yeshiva in Gateshead, with my Rosh Yeshiva in Kvachasim. You felt you're in the presence of somebody who is in the presence of Hashem. It's not often that we feel that we're in the presence of Hashem, really. But when you sit with these people, you feel you're sitting with somebody who is absolutely sees the Rebbeinu in front of them, and you can feel it on their faces uh, and, and their energy. And whether they're Hasidim, uh, Hasidish Gedolim or, or Misnagdish Gedolim, made no difference. In my experience, they all had that quality of, of serious, of, of awe, of, of um, amazing seriousness of, of intent. And so I don't think it's a question of, of Hasidim and Misnagdim, and we'll see that it goes back uh, a long time. And I'll try and give you insight as to the, uh, certainly the approach of the, of the Baalei Musa, who are much more serious. Uh, uh, in, during the last years of, of Rebellion Lopin's life, I, I saw him nearly every day. Um, and uh, I, I had dinner at his Friday at night table. I never remember him smiling. And some would say that he was severe, and some would say that he was uh, full, of, full of awe. Uh, it's it just a, a different approach. And then he himself brought Reb Shalom Shvadron to Kfar Hasidim, to the yeshiva. Reb Shalom Shvadron was the Maggid of Yerushalayim, who later actually wrote up all the Shmus and all the Sichot of Rebellia Reb, Reb Shalom Shvadron wrote. Rebellia used to bring Reb Shalom Shvadron to Kfar Hasidim to give Shmus in Kfar Hasidim because Reb Shalom Shvadron was a comedian. He used to have people in stitches of laughter, uh, but a comedian with a, with a great amount of, of Yerushalayim and, and Chochmas Atura, of course. But it was a completely different approach, and Rebellia wanted the boys in the yeshiva to have that experience also. But even when Rebellia used to sit, he used to sit and listen to Reb Shalom's Shadron. I never even saw him smile once at Reb Shalom's jokes. Uh, he just wasn't a smiley sort of a person. Where does that come from? What is that about? And I think we'll understand it in this very important sugya that we have today. Uh, and we see the, 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 the paradox, the polarity of this from, from David HaMelech himself, when in the beginning of Tehillim in Perik Beis, he says, Hashem serve Hashem with awe, and even when you rejoice before Hashem, it should be with re'ada, it should be with trembling. And then in the Mizmo Lusada, we say every day, serve Hashem with joy, come before Him with... With the Renana, and that's become a song, so that's become popular because the way people know Tanakh today is by the songs. And that's a, so that's a song. Ivdu is Hashem Basimcha is a song. Ivdu is Hashem Biyiru Vagilo Birada is not a song, so nobody quotes that part of it, but it's a, it's a polarity. We have to live in both of them. The Medrash Tehillim deals with how to manage that polarity. Uh, but, but we see we've got to work with both of them. So let me read and translate the piece of Gomorrah, which is, which is difficult and, and, and unusual, and then we'll explain it. And in that we'll understand the, the more severe approach of the Bale Musa. 
uh, there was a case where Rabbi Avidle Hilule Rabbi Shimon Berebi. Um, the Rebbe made a wedding for his son, Rabbi Shimon. This is the bottom of Nun Omud Beis. There was a notice put on the, there was a billboard kind of put outside his door. They put it out on Twitter that Rebbe had spent an enormous amount of money on this wedding. However you want to pronounce it. And he didn't invite Bar Kafra. Bar Kafra was an, an, an important Tana or Amora, at that time he was a Talmud of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi and spanned that era from the Tanaim to the Amoraim. And Bar Kafra was a, a person with a great aesthetic sense. He, he is, we see that he is a poet. Uh, he appreciated the beauty of Greek script and he talks about why it is that the Torah could be written in Greek script because it is so beautiful. Um, so Bar Kafra, a very original, interesting person. Um, and he then sent out a different tweet. If Rebbe, who's disobeyed Hashem's will by not inviting me to his wedding, gets such benefit because he's such a multi-billionaire, um, you can just learn from that how people who do the right thing are going to get rewarded. Rebbe, who's done the wrong thing, is one can imagine these tweets going backwards and forwards. So then Rebbe invited him. Then he sent out another tweet. He said, if somebody does the right thing in this world, like Rebbe has just done, he's invited me. How much more so in the world to come? Can you just imagine what reward is waiting for a person like, like Rebbe? The Gemara goes on and says further on, on Daphne Aleph Amud Aleph, Ben Elase was the son-in-law of Rebbe, Vashir Gadol was also very wealthy, and he invited him to the wedding of Rabbi Shimon, the son of Rebbe. So Bar Kafra asks Rebbe a question. Toeva call in the, in the Posuk, and here I've quoted the Psukim on the on the sheet, at, on the second page, uh, there are three psukim from Acharemot. The one is, Homosexuality is forbidden, it's a to'eva, it's an abomination. And then in the next posuk, uh, uh, and, uh, bestiality is forbidden, and it's called tevelhu, that's called tevel, that's a confusion and mixing. And then um, incest is, is forbidden, and that's called zima. So three different terms are used to describe these forbidden sexual relationships. And Barkafra questions Rebbe what, what the meaning of each is. And Rebbe can't really answer it to Barkafra's satisfaction. And then he says, Pashe, Atza, you tell me. Um, and he says, there's a bit of backwards and forwards between them. And eventually he says, Hachi Omar Rachmana to'eva to'e ataba. To'eva comes from three Hebrew words. You are making a mistake with her. That's the case of to'eva. Although it's talking about male homosexuality. After another glass of wine, he says, and what about the word tevel in Posuchav Gimel? In the case of um, incest, why does it say the word tevel? Answers Barka again. Rebbe tries. Barkafra is not happy with the answer. Eventually, he says, "Whatever means who tavlin yeshbo? Is is there some spice in this relationship that makes you want it?" 
Then they go a little further and he says to what about Zima, the word Zima that appears in, in the case of incest. Uh, and he answers that one, Zumahi. Zima comes with Zumahi. What is this one? What is this one to you? What a strange Gomorrah. And is there any connection between Barkafra being invited to the wedding and not being invited to the wedding and, and, and so on? So let's, let's go through and understand, and then we'll understand the connection between these words and, and Barkafra's approach. Um, so what, what we have here, firstly, is on the question of not inviting him. There are two different gisot in the Gomorrah, and that's why I've put the vav in brackets. In, in the where I quote the Gemara on the first page of the of the source sheet, the vav is in brackets because if the vav is there or not really depends on whether that's the start of a new story or that's part of the tweet. So the one view is that that's part of the tweet. The tweet was he spent all this millions of, of dollars on this wedding and didn't invite Bar Kafra. That was the t- tweet. The other the other girsa which Rashi has is lo azamne a new thing. If the tweet went out, he spent so much money on this wedding, and he didn't invite Bar Kafra as a, as a separate thing. Why didn't he not invite Bar Kafra? The Shita Mukubetsis has two reasons, either because he was too lightheaded, he was a joker. He didn't want a comedian at the wedding, he wanted the wedding to be serious. And the other one, he just forgot, it just it slipped his mind. Um, and we see that, that uh, Rashi says, he was concerned that Bar Kafra would come to the wedding and start telling jokes and making light at the wedding. Have you ever seen a wedding where they make light? Well, that's what he was worried about, that they would make light at the wedding. I wonder what he would have said about some of the bands that we have at the weddings nowadays and the, uh, and the songs that they, they play and the volume of the music. That wasn't Rebbe's scene. So then Bar Kafra sends out this tweet um, and Rashi explains, so he starts sort of criticizing Rebbe and then he compliments Rebbe. The Chassam Sofer brings, a very important Chassam Sofer, which he brings in the name of his father, of his Mechutin, that Rebbe avaro rotsono shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu sheyesh lo ba'olam hazeh, sheyakadosh Baruch Hu ratza ba'olam hazeh, sheyehenu b'riot mimenu, velo tobrao. That Bar Kafra's view was that Rebbe was doing wrong. Because Rebbe's severe approach is against the whole idea that Hashem wants us to have pleasure in this world. He wants there to be fun and playfulness in the world as well. And even at the wedding of his son, he didn't want proper simcha. And Bar Kafra thought that was wrong. So he's doing an Avera. Once he invited Bar Kafra, Bar Kafra relaxed. He thought, I'll make him laugh. I will find a way to introduce happiness and joy into this otherwise serious simcha, which is in fact what, what happens. The Gemara goes on to say, Rebbe was very serious also because whenever he smiled, there was trouble in the world. There was a recession, there was a war, there was, things went wrong when Rebbe smiled. And he says to Bar Kafra, I know that you'll be tempted to make me laugh at the wedding. I will pay you a fortune of money if you don't make me laugh. I'm inviting you to the wedding, but no laughter. The Shita Mukubetzet explains why, why that. This is a very important hint in the Shita Mukubetzet that will give us an understanding of the severe approach. 
because um, whenever he laughs, there was there was trouble in the world because he was in a serious position. This is just after the destruction of the Second Temple. Rabbi Yudha Anossi lives around the year 200. This is the, soon after the destruction, 20 years after the destruction of the Temple. Of course he has a seriousness. This isn't a time to be lightheaded. A difficult thing, the Shittim in the name of the Maritz Gaius. The Maritz Gaius is from Rashi's time. He's one of the early Rishonim who bridges the period of the Goenim and the Rishonim. A very important figure, the Maritz Gaius, although we don't have a fortune of his writing. Um, and he brings in the name of the Marius Gaius because he was so wealthy, if he laughed, it would look like he's not worried about what's happening in the world, about the Churban Beis Amikdash. What's wealth going to do with it? It should just say, it, it, it isn't bad, he believes we shouldn't be laughing. And that's actually brought in Aloha, that at a meal when we're partying, we should be careful how much, how much laughter there is because of Churban Beis Amikdash. And the, um, you know, we're all very careful to put a place on our houses where there's a zechel churban. But the real zechel churban is in our emotions and how we feel. And that we're not so careful about. And the halachis, you've got to be careful to just underplay the, the, the lightheadedness a little bit. But Rebbe took that to an extreme. But what is, what is the Maritz Geis' idea of because he was wealthy, why is that so important? And we see that in a, in a Russian sukkah, back in sukkah that we learned a while ago. They tried to cheer Rebbe up because he was always worried. As wealthy as he was, he was always serious, always worried about the tzarot of Israel, the, the difficulties of Israel. And he was an ill person. He had his own tzarot. On the other hand, Bar Khafra, says the Mashal, held that still there's a mitzvah to make people happy, and, he, and, and that's what's important. Again, we see this polarity. Should we make them happy or shouldn't we make them happy? So what is, what is that really all about and, and, and why? If we go back to the Gemara in Ksubistav Kuftala that I've quoted at the bottom of the source sheet, we have the case where, we, and you remember, we've learned this Gemara a few times, where Rebbe was dying and his maid went upstairs and she davened and then she saw it wasn't good for Rebbe to live any longer. And we had only a few few weeks ago the, the din we learned from here that there are times, according to the run, where you can be mispalo, you can actually daven that somebody should have an easy and quick death and not suffer too much. Um, and it was Bar Kafra who was asked to go and check on how Rebbe was doing. And Barakafra came back and, and passed the information without actually saying it, that Rebbe had passed away. And the Gemara says, When Rebbe was dying, he took his ten fingers and put them up to, to the heaven. Omar and he said, Hashem, You know that I've, I've toiled with my ten fingers in Torah. I physically toiled in Torah, not only mentally, I physically toiled in Torah. And I've had no pleasure from this world, even with my little finger. Rashi says, as, as much labor as you would be paid for doing something with your little finger. Even that amount, I never had, I never benefited from the world. So this multi-billionaire says, I never benefited from the world. And herein lies the secret. If we look at this together with the Shita Mukabetsa, the Maris Gaius, we understand Rabbi Yudha Anossi's approach and we understand the approach of the Balei Musa. Of course, Rebbe knows what Bar Kafra knows, that there's benefit to cheer people up and to uplift people. And there's a Gemara in Sukkah, in Tainis, I think it is, there's a Gemara that talks about the fact somebody came to Olam Abo and they asked, what did you see there? And he said, all sorts of strange things. People you would expect would be up front or at the back. People at the back are up front. And the Badchonim, the comedians, are, are the most important of all because they cheer people up. 
So we, so Rebbe knew that. That wasn't the issue. What could Rebbe's issue have been? So if you understand Rebbe's philosophy, Rebbe was worried with all the wealth and comfort that he had that he would use it shalol Hashem shemayim, that he would use it not for Hashem, not in the service of Hashem. So he just made sure that he had no benefit from the world, whatever. So now if you understand that and you take the, the Maritz Geis and the Shittim Ukubetzit where it says it's because he was wealthy that, that if he smiled, it would look as if he didn't worry about the Beis Amikdash. What's that got to do with it? What Rabbi Yehuda Anossi is worried about is what is the source of my laughter? Yes, you're supposed to be happy and laugh, but you're supposed to be happy. It's Ivduit Hashem Besimcha. That joy should come from Avoides Hashem. That joy should come from an inner place of commitment to the Rebbeinu Shalom. Says Rebbe, I'm so wealthy, who knows where my joy is coming from? Can I really be sure that my joy is coming from Avoides Hashem and not from my Cadillac? That my joy is coming from Avoides Hashem and not from the yacht in which I, I sail around the world when I have to? Can I be sure where my joy is coming from? Chas v'sholem, it shouldn't be L'shem Shemaim. Bar Kafra, you can laugh as much as you want because you're not wealthy. You, that you make a living by making people, by making people laugh. I'm wealthy. I can't afford to laugh. I can't afford to be joyous because chas v'sholem, there's a possibility that my joy is not l'shem shemaim, that my joy is coming from an inner place that is not l'shem shemaim. And that's something that Rebbe wants to avoid. And there you have the whole approach of the Balei Musa. The Balei Musa, not only the Balei Musa, Reb Simchabunim of Pshischa had exactly the same approach. Always worried, what's the original source of the emotion? It's all very well to have an emotion, but where's it coming from? That's what's important. And to just focus on the emotion without focusing on the inner source from which the emotion comes, the Bali Musa were always concerned about that. And that we see as the Mako, we see that with Rabbi Yudha Anasi. Yes, to have joy is fine, but when you're a wealthy person, as the Shita Mukubetsa says, then you've got to be worried. Is your joy coming from? Where is it coming? You're sitting on Shabbos and you're having a L'chaim and you're feeling, ah, Kedush Shabbos, it feels so wonderful. What feels wonderful? Shabbos or the Scotch? Are you sure it's Shabbos? So if you're not a Baal Musa, then it doesn't make a difference. I'm feeling happy. It's Shabbos. Everybody's happy. It's good. It's, everything's fine and good. But if you're Baal Musa, you want to know where the joy is coming from. Is it really coming from Shabbos? Is it really coming? You're having a siyum at the end. We come to the end of a Masechta. We have a siyum. We have a Lachayim. Are we re rejoicing with the Simcha, with Simcha's Torah? We, we finish the Torah. We have a few Lachayims. Where's the Simcha coming from? What's the source? The Bali Musa were always worried to be sure that the source and the origin of the Simcha is from a place of Kedusha, from a place of holiness and sanctity. The other approach is, the lighter approach is, it's important to be happy if you have to use some artificial means to get to the happiness and then bring it into Kedusha, that's okay. But the Bali Musa, based on Rabbi Yudha Anossi's, if there's a chance that it's an external thing, such as Rabbi Yudha Anossi's own wealth, that is causing the joy and the happiness, rather don't even show the joy, don't even feel the joy and happiness. Rather gilu bira odo, if du Hashem biyiro, rather serve Hashem then with yiro and with rodo than with the simcha, which you're allowed to do. Not only are you allowed simcha, you should have simcha, provided you're sure that the simcha is sourced in kudusha and not in something other than kudusha. And now we can link this to the continuation of the dialogue between Bar Kafra and Rebbe in a way that I haven't seen any Mephorshim do successfully. What is the connection and why? But we get insight into that now. Because according to Rebbe, the word to'eva, don't have homosexual relationships, it's an abomination. That's a word of, of anger, of warning, of real musar. Don't do that. It's something terrible. And v'chol be'ema lo titen shochvatcha. 
the Tamava. I don't have any any bestiality experiences. It's tevil. It's a confusion. It's a mix-up. It's wrong. It's 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 really bad. And don't have incestuous relationship. It's zimo. It's disgusting. Uh, and so Rebbe sees these words as severe warnings against improper sexual conduct. And Barkafra sees it as differently. Barkafra says, what does the word to'eva mean? It comes from these three Hebrew words, to'e, ata, ba. You're making an error. He introduces softness to it. He introduces an educational element to it, a dialectic element to it. Hashem is teaching us. You're making a mistake thinking that a man can be a woman. And this is so relevant for our times, isn't it? And what, my tevel, what, is, what does it mean when it says tevel? It means, says Bar Kafra, it doesn't just mean it's a terrible confusion. Tavlin Yeshba, why are you going to animals to have intimacy with an, uh, an animal? It, it, are you doing that to spice up your life? Don't you realize you can't live on spices? You don't consume spices? That you've got to live a healthy life and, and add spice to a healthy life. But you can't substitute a healthy life with spice alone, just as you can't substitute a healthy diet with spices. And so again, the Torah is warning and is foreseeing a time in the future when people will find spiciness in bestiality and in incest. Uh, and in homosexuality, and warns us against that. And and what is zima zuma? He says says Bar Kafra. It's not just a question of disgust. It's zuma. He these all questions. Hashem is so to say asking of the deviant personality. What is this? Who is this woman that you're having intimacy with? Is she your or your wife, or is she the mother of your wife, or the daughter of your wife? It's a confused relationship. Zuma he. And so we see just a different tonality in understanding these serious psukim, where Rebbe sees it as a serious musardike injunction, a severe ethical warning about conduct. And Barkafra sees it as a soft interaction with us, showing us how distorted, how unsatisfying those relationships are, and advising us to go nowhere near them. Thank you.